0: to you and you and you and you. Uh welcome. Nightday your fiance, season nine, the melanated way. I'm Linda Entwee. Hey Live Chat. Linda O, oh, Linda O. Oh. Um, let's do some housekeeping. Support the show. You guys, there are super chat and super stickers available. Please feel free to support the show. Bottom of the screen, you can also see where you can support the show um, on Venmo, PayPal, all the great things, um, supporting the show helps me bring the show, produce the show, all the things. So go ahead and, um, support the show. That's, that's all I have to say. And don't forget to like, and subscribe. We're going slowly, 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 but surely. So I appreciate everyone that's following the melanated way. Um, what else did I want to say? Y'all, it took me a minute to get through this episode. Home sweet hoax. Because there was just a lot going on. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, let's start with the below. First of all, I just want to talk about the editing. Because the editing is like a little bit some suspect, in my opinion. And I'm just going to fix this a little bit. Let's see. There we go. That better, yeah. It's a little bit suspect, do you know what I mean? Because the last episode, episode one, I saw Nefertari, his sister, and Bilal definitely on their way to the airport in a two-passenger van and a bunch of shit in the back. And my concern was, like, where is uh, Scheidingham is to sit, right? But then we get into episode two, and all of a sudden, they're, like, sprucing up their childhood home, to hoax Shida into the faux house because they think she's a gold digger. Now, here's the thing that I just don't get. I just don't get it, you guys. I don't get it. So, you take a trip to Trinidad. You meet this woman. You spend seven days with her, and you decide, just in case, you're going to bring a ring, and you decide that you're going to propose to her. Great. She doesn't know anything about your lifestyle. She's known you for a week. So she, how is she a gold digger when she knows nothing about you? Right? So if she's like, oh, I had a great time with him. We had a great connection. Yes, I'll marry you. Then all of a sudden, you don't trust her. But you trust her enough to propose to her. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. So then you propose to her. But then you're like, oh, I don't trust her. I think she might be a gold digger. So I'm just going to always FaceTime with her with a, like a plain background so she doesn't know where I live. And then when she travels halfway across the world. Then I'm going to pick her up in some bullshit van with a bunch of shit in the back. And then I'm also going to bring her to my childhood home that no one's lived in for 15 years. So of course things are cracking and peeling and leaking and no. Okay. So first of all, first of all, why would you not upkeep your childhood home? Even if there wasn't anyone living there, you own the property and you pay property taxes all the things. So why wouldn't you just upkeep the home? Second of all, we're a lot of people that are homeowners, it's not easy to own a home in 2022 and especially in the United States of America, it's not an easy feat. So if you own a home, whether it's a small home, a shitty home, whatever, you're a homeowner, that's your place. You should be thankful and grateful and all the things because not everyone can say that they can do that. Then third of all, why are you playing a hoax and telling your future potential lo- wife forever and ever that this is your fake house when really it's your childhood house. Why don't you just be like, this is my childhood house. This is where I live. Like, what I don't understand. Then fourth of all, why would you not upkeep it? If you are indeed a property manager slash home flipper slash um, investor, property investor, all the things, then why would you not upkeep the place and and rent it out or airbnb and i don't understand it so it's just sitting there empty for 15 years and no one's doing anything about it and then now all of a sudden you want to play a trick because tricks are for kids on your future soulmate like i just don't understand it someone has to explain it to me because it sounds ridiculous to me anyways that's what he's going to do his sister's down with that And so they're putting, like, random photos of of the couple together around the house. And she's arriving today. He's super nervous and excited at the same time. And he talks about how love hasn't been friendly to him. He hasn't really had a great um, experience with love. But then you were married with your ex-wife for, like, what, 12 years, 15 years, something like that? Like, I hate when guys say, oh, I was unlucky in love. But you have two kids. You have an ex of 10 plus years. Some people don't even last 30 days. So like, what are you even talking about? But okay. So then then he says he has trust issues. And he has trust issues because he's so rich and affluent and he's hood bougie that he doesn't want her to know what type of car he drives, what type of home he lives in all this stuff. He's super successful, but he wants to make sure that she wants him for him. Well, again, I go back to, well, what what would she know? Y'all met for seven days in real life and that's it. And then you've been talking to her on a blind wall for the past two years. So like, what, I don't understand. What are you scared about? She doesn't know anything about you at all. Right, Susan? Why for 15 years it's empty? Rent that shit out. You're a property flipper, manager, owner, real estate agent, all this stuff. It wouldn't make sense to me at all that you don't you utilize your skills. Right? I agree with you. I agree with you 100%, Susan. Ridiculous. <sighs> Amanda, that's funny. So he has trust issues. He wants to make sure that she loves... Why is this happening to me today? She wants to make sure that he wants to make sure that she loves him for him and not his money. But again, she doesn't really know anything about his money situation. So it's like super weird to me, but it is what it is. So then I, my note said, but didn't they meet on holiday? Like, how would she know anything about his financial situation? So it doesn't make sense to me that he's being so overprotective about his stuff. If she's decided to marry you after seven days, like, how many of us can say, hey, yeah, I met someone. And after a week, I've agreed to marry them, leave my entire lifestyle, leave my country, leave my home and my friends and my family to be with someone. Do you know what I mean? Like, my here's what I think, you guys. You guys, I think that this whole storyline is BS. I do. I'm sorry. I think it's BS. I think that they're both acting. I think he knew exactly what he was getting into, and I think she knew exactly what he was getting to because just the way she responded to the two, the two things that he brought up. What did he bring up, you guys? He brought up his car. He brought up his house. And oh, magically magically magic puff the magic dragon magically those are the two things she's worried about she wants to see her his car and she wants to see his home stop it you guys completely scripted that because i know that this trini girl is not going to be that way if any of y'all have been to trinidad and tobago there are beautiful places there but there are also places that are are just like america where Everyone is living paycheck to paycheck. So for her to be all bougie and be like, oh, I need to see your car. Well, what are you bringing to the table? And why are you acting like this? What are you bringing to the table? You're bringing yourself from Trinidad. Okay. And you're expecting what? Exactly. Just because he traveled to Trinidad with some some Louis Vuitton bags. Listen, we all know from the 90 Day Fiance franchise that you can travel with some fake Usman <coughs> <coughs> LV bags and act like you got it And you ain't got it So like I don't I'm just It makes no sense to me No sense You saw him have a great watch and a Louis Vuitton bag And now you think he's rich and famous And you expect more And what are you bringing to the table I just don't understand Are you bringing a home And an LV bag And a BMW To the table yourself And you're mad you're mad about it, make that make sense. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't make any type of sense. Anyways, he's mad. He's worried that, you know, her words won't match her her actions. um, And he wants to make sure that she's a ride or die chick, which means we're going to ride this thing till the wheels fall off. And if she's with me, she's with me. And she loves me for me and she doesn't love me for my stuff. All the things. Okay, he goes on to say that despite his concerns, he still loves her, and um, you know they spent two years apart. They're getting married. They've only spent seven days together in person, and he's like, "It's a lot," and I was like, "It is a lot because you guys don't know each other," and. I know I've said this before, and if you guys watch my show all the time, my regulars, you guys know how I feel about these online quote-unquote relationships. If you've not met someone in real life, you cannot convince me that it's a real relationship. I don't care if you're emotionally invested. I don't care if you spend hour upon hour texting and FaceTiming. Real life is real life. If you haven't seen where that person lives, if you don't see how they live the day-to-day life and how you two are going to be together day-to-day life, then I'm sorry. That doesn't seem like a real relationship to me. So I kudos for the people that can go on, on holiday, meet someone, and then five days later, seven days later, be like, yeah, you're the one. And, oh, by the way, we're getting married. I can't imagine. You don't even know where that person lives at all but you're in a relationship with them. And then you're in a relationship for two years. So they spent two years apart. And so here's my question to the live chat. If you guys are watching the replay below, definitely make sure that you leave a comment. So my question to you guys is you're in a relationship. It's long distance. You've never met the person. Okay, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. You're in a long distance relationship. It's been two years. You met the person once in real life. Let's say you met them for a week and then the pandemic hit, whatever circumstances happen, two years passed by, you haven't seen them, but you've been loyal to them. Have they been loyal to you? Have they been too loyal to you? And do you expect them to be loyal? So if you can't be physically together for two years, are you still loyal to your quote online partner? I'm curious. Let me know in the live chat. Let me know in the replay. So anyways, two years apart, they're getting married and only spent seven days in real life together, but he loves her. She loves him. He's anxious. He's at the airport. And here's the thing, you guys, that was the other thing that I really didn't appreciate. Hey, Raydella. Hey, girl. Hey. This, this fool, below, he says like, Every five seconds and when I tell you this is a two hour tower two hour episode that it literally took me three hours to get through because I was like I I can't why are you saying the first five minutes he said like like a hundred times so he's at the airport and he's like 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 uh like prayers, like tears, like I'm nervous, like I can't understand, like I'm anxious, like it's it's too much, like I can't believe it, I can't believe she's going to be here, like I can't believe it, like is she a ride or die, like I have concerns, like it's a lot, like I prayed about it, like I was like, fuck, stop it. There are so many other words in the English vocabulary Vocabulary than like. Why are we saying like every five seconds? I couldn't get past it. Literally, I had to put it on pause because I was like, "What is he? What is he even saying? Like, what is he even saying? Like, what? Like who? Like, wh-? oh my god." Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, he's at the airport. Oh my god, is that is that like hers? Is that like her in? The background, do I see her? Is that like her? Is that like her? (laughs) And it was her. They have a beautiful meet cute. She drops her bag. She runs to his arm. She jumps on him. They kiss, they hug. We learn about Shida, 37, from Trinidad and Tobago. She's excited. She feels like it's a dream come true. Um, she feels like she's going to have to get to know him all over again and get acquainted again because it's been two years. Right. And they only add a week together. Um, so then she says, which I totally think is scripted. I'm looking forward to seeing his house and his car. Who says that? Who says that? If it, it who says that his concern is, Oh, she's going to be a gold digger because she's going to be concerned about all my wealth and my car and my house. And the first thing she says after she gets off the airplane and they're in the airport parking lot, she's excited to see his house and his car. Make that make sense because that just is too convenient. You know what? I watch a lot of true crime. And like Joe Kenda says, I don't believe in coincidences. There are no coincidences. So for her to coincidentally mention his car and his house, which are the two things he's concerned about, stop it. Just stop it. Garbage. Garbage. Script this all the way to the bank. Nonsense. So... They roll out, her face is all squinted up because she she sees that um, his car is actually this low-key work van. And she's not impressed. She's like, babe, babe, I thought this was your car. And when she points to the car, oh, this is how I know she's not a gold digger, y'all. She pointed to the car that she was excited about. And the car she was excited about was a black Chevy Malibu. What are you bringing to the table, fool? You're excited about a black Chevy Malibu, for real, for real. Again, what are you you complaining about? You're complaining about this utility van, but you're excited about the the Malibu, for real. Okay. He puts her bags in the back, and then she's she freaks out. She's like, I can't believe you put my things and my bags and all this trash. Is there a wrap back there? And then she mentioned Sanford and Sons, which is a show that my mom used to watch back in the day. And what I know from the show is that actually I don't know a lot, but what I can think I remember is that they it's an iconic show. Don't come for me, you guys. I'm sorry. It wasn't my generation, but I do know that it was a popular show and Sanford was super funny and the son was super funny. And they like had like an old garage stuff with, with, Um, car parts and stuff like that. So she made that same reference to Sanford and Sons. And at the same time, she's also putting him down because she thinks that the van is full of trash and rats. And then she's mad because she thinks he's always been secretive. And my whole thing is like, if you thought he was secretive, then why did you say yes to his proposal? And then why did you pick up your life and move halfway across the world to be with him If he's thinking you're a gold digger, are you a gold digger? Did you come to America because A, you thought you're going to have a better life? Or B, you thought because he was rich and you were going to have a rich lifestyle. Like, what is it? It's ridiculous. Either way, it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any type of sense. I'm mad right now. I'm trying to like keep it together, but I'm just, all of this is ridiculous to me. Okay. So she feels like he's been secretive. She's worried that he's hiding something. She feels like, you know, he's Mr. I'm flipping houses and buying property. She feels his finances have to be a certain way. And so she's panicking because she can't understand like, why is he hiding these certain things so in her mind she built him up to be this rich property investor you know mr amazon mr trump who's you know it's another story but she built him up to be this huge american real estate investor that she's like cha-ching I won the lotto. I'm going to America. I'm going to live in a mansion. I'm going to drive an amazing car. I'm going to have a bunch of babies and live my best life as a yogi. You know what I'm saying? Thanks, Better Days. Yes, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Appreciate it. So what is it? Is she... Is she coming here for the green card and better lifestyle or does she really love this fool i don't know but all i know is that this whole situation made me mad so then <clears throat> She's in the van. They're not talking. It's like this awkward, weird silence, which is weird to me because if you're so in love with someone and that's your fiancé and five seconds ago I saw you like drop your bags and run into his arm and have a super cute meet cute and all of a sudden now you're pissed off and you have an attitude in the van because you don't like the fact that he is a van and then and now you think he's keeping something from you and he's been secretive, but if it's been two years and you've been talking to him for two years online, then you kind of know some things. Do you know what I mean? Like, what are you mad about? So now she's mad. She's not talking to him. He's not talking to her. And um, she then goes, you know, I don't want to get into my Trini behavior, which was funny to me. Cause she says that she would say some wild things, but she's like pointing to the back of the van. She's like, this is completely unacceptable. I love you, but you're losing points with me. You're losing points with me because of what? Because he picked you up in a van? He didn't even say it was his van. He just picked you up in a van. So again, I go back to the fact that she's mad about what he's driving and he was concerned about what he was driving. It's a little too convenient. So she says, you're losing points with me. And he's like, guess what? You're losing points with me as well. Um, You know, you should really appreciate what you have. You know, I thought you were a ride or die chick, but now he's not sure because she's showing that maybe she is a little bit more materialistic than he realized. Um, But at the end of the day, you both don't know each other and that's why you're already having problems from the from the jump, from get-go. You're having problems because guess what? You don't know each other. So the two of you are running amok and acting a fool and both saying stupid shit. So more quiet in the van. Bilal's not happy with her reactions to the van because he's questioning things, you know. Uh, and So he decided because he didn't like the reaction to the van, he's also going to bring him, her to his childhood home. Um, Because you know what? There's too much emphasis, he thinks, on the material things. And again, my question to you is, you proposed to her after seven days, so what did you think? Do you know what I mean? Like, what did you think? I feel like you're both in the wrong. She's in the wrong for acting like she's super materialistic coming from Trinidad, but she wants to live in a mansion and drive, you know, an Alfa Romeo. But he's playing games because this is not your house. No one's lived in the house for 15 years. That's not your van. So you're misrepresenting yourself. But you trusted yourself enough to propose to her after seven days. But you don't trust her enough to actually know who you are. Like, you two are too old. She's You're 42. She's 37. Y'all are too old to be playing these games. Too old. 37, 42. You're hitting middle age. Why are we playing games right now? Just be honest. This is who I am. This is who I am. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't work out, then that's okay too. But what we're not about to do is act like we're 21 and like, oh, we're going to play all these games and I'm going to see and woo 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 and I need this. And I, like, I mean, come on. Come on now. <sighs> so he thinks that she might not be in it for the right reasons. So he's going to do two things. One, he's playing a joke on her, which I don't find anything. Funny about any of this at all, uh, and second, um, he's going to bring her to his childhood home to see that if he lived here, would she still be with him? Okay. They get there, and again, too convenient, too coincidental. The first thing that comes out of her mouth is. Oh my God! This is a home from the 1900s. It must be antique. And I was like, "Really? Did she say that? Because where are you coming from? Did you do you live in a mansion? I'm gonna need you to bring us to your Trini home and let us see where you live. Because do you live in a mansion? Because again, my question is, what are you bringing to the table besides criticism and all these expectations? Like, what are you bringing to the table exactly, Shida? Do you live in a mansion at home? Do you come from an affluent family, so you're expecting more affluence? Is that what's happening? Because if I had that background, then that would make more sense to me. But if you're coming from the same type place situation, then it doesn't make the sense to me that you're having this shitty attitude. Because I'll tell you this, not a lot of people are homeowners. It takes a lot to own a home. And this full family home in the house, in the family for 15 years at the very least, you know, there's probably no mortgage on it. The land itself is probably worth a lot. And a lot of people don't have that opportunity or luxury to say that they're homeowners. So how about you have a better attitude? Like, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine I'm dating someone. And the first thing I say when they bring me to their house that we've decided, oh, we're going to live together is, oh, this house is bullshit. It looks like it's from the 1900s and it's antique. Then you walk into the house and the first thing you're worried about is the peeling ceilings. And then you say the house is dilapidated. Like who does that? Were you not raised properly? You have no manners and no etiquette and and no courtesy at all. Because even if this is not where you were going to live, who talks like that at someone's house when they're a guest, you've only known him again, like I said, for seven days. And all of a sudden you have all of these expectations and you feel like you have the ability to say a bunch of shit that doesn't make any sense. That's ungrateful. That's ungrateful. You have a roof over your head. He's a homeowner. Maybe it's not the luxury mansion that you think you were, you were coming up into, but guess what? There's a lot you can do and you can beautify and spruce it up. And at the end of the day, you own it. You own it. So she says the house is dilapidated. She doesn't want to be there. You know, she was hoping it was going to be a more modern and contemporary home. And I was like, "Mm, okay. Then she goes on to say that she wasn't expecting this. She's like, do you have rats in your kitchen? Which I thought was super disrespectful. She goes on to say that America is a first world country uh and she wasn't expecting to be living in the 1900s and again i was just like wow that's really disrespectful unappreciative and again let's see where you live and again what are you bringing to the table you have all these caviar dreams but what are you bringing to the table what what are you bringing to the table Just curious, roof over your head. It's 2022. People, a lot of people don't even have places to live. A lot of people are struggling. Inflation is crazy, and you have a roof over your head. We're a place where it's probably completely paid for by now, and you you're having issues because I don't see you rolling in with LV bags yourself. I see you with just regular luggage, regular clothes, being a regular check, but you're expecting. mansion caviar lifestyle. And again, what are you bringing to the table? Yeah, the whole thing was negative, Erica. I didn't like it. It was like, you don't appreciate the small things in life. I'll tell you, if I was a homeowner and my home was 100%, you know, paid for, then guess what? I'd be like, oh my God, we can do something with this. We can, we can spruce it up. We But since I won't be able to work for, you know, months after the 90 days, then maybe I can work on like fixing the place and fixing the roof and planting the garden, all this stuff. And maybe we can sell it and together we can build something better and we'll live here for as long as we need to live here. And then we get to the next place. Then we do go to the next place and we will build together. But for you to expect all of these things right off the bat. And I'm just, I'm still, I'm just wondering, what are you bringing to the table? This this person says, I think her reaction made sense. She looks like she comes from a middle-class background. The van and house were dirty. Regardless if the van and house were dirty, I don't think that that was a, a regular reaction, in my opinion. In my opinion, I think that there's etiquette I think that there is appreciation. I think that there is gratitude. I think the fact that if you're in it for love, you're in it for love. And it shouldn't matter where the fuck you live and what you do. If you came into it thinking that you were going to be with a rock star, superstar, and you were going to live in a mansion, and rather than middle class, you're going to be upper class or wealthy, then that's one thing. But if you come into a relationship, and this is just my opinion, if you come into a relationship you both are bringing something to the table and if you're not there yet, guess what? You can build and get there together. But to expect that the other person should be a multi-millionaire superstar mansion, modern, what did she say? Modern house with contemporary living. I'm sorry. I don't agree with you. Colgate always. I don't agree with you. I think that two people can build to that and one person shouldn't expect the other person to have it because they what are they bring to the table they just expect it stop it stop it stop it i don't i don't think so and even if she did you guys who said that i just saw it political trolls said shida likely had a nicer home in trinidad well then guess what bring that same energy to America. If you had a nicer home in Trinidad, A, stay in Trinidad and be in your nicer home while you live at home. Or B, if you really love Bilal and want to be with him, guess what? If you're not there day one, maybe you'll get there in a year and two years and three years and you can build to what you guys want together. But to expect him to have everything that you want or the lifestyle that you're used to living, then that tells me that you're not actually in it for love. Because if you're in it for love, the two of you can build whatever it is that you want to build and save and get whatever it is that you want to get. That's my opinion again. All right. So he goes on to say that the Quran doesn't say you have to live in a mansion, And he says, your attitude needs to be fixed, which I agree with. And he's like, you know, are you appreciative of what you have? And he's super hurt by her attitude. And I was like, same, I would be hurt too. Someone, if this is all I had, but this is what I was presenting, but guess what I owned it, then I would be appreciative of it. it. And I would think that her attitude or his attitude, their attitude was ridiculous. And I keep saying this, but what is she bringing to the table? I don't care if you live at home and you are middle class and you have a better house in Trinidad. That's telling me that you're not coming in for love. Anyhow, he goes on to say that, you know, most people don't own a home. So if that's what you're worried about, like, think about that part. Most people don't own a home. In America, which is true. And he's like, What are you gonna do? Are you gonna roll up your sleeves and help? And we can we can spruce up this place, or are you gonna complain the whole time? And she's like, I'm gonna do both. She's complained the whole day. He's not impressed with that. She's not impressed that he she feels like he's justifying where they live. And then he just changes the topic. He's like, "Are you hungry? you want something to eat?" Because she kept saying, "I'm tired, I'm tired." Then she's like, "She's hungry." And then again, I feel that like this was rude behavior. She's like, "But do you have a clean bowl, and do you have enough money for that? Well, Shida, do you have enough money to pay for food? If you're so worried about what he's got, can you contribute? Should you all do Dutch and go half if you're so worried about what he's got and what he's doing? He's offering you a meal after a long trip and you're going to come in with a shitty attitude about a clean bowl. And if he has enough money, you guys, I just, I don't, I just, I don't know. I guess I just, it wasn't raised like that. I don't think that people should be so super rude and have all these crazy expectations. When, what are you bringing? Literally. Um, Literally, what do you bring to the table? I want to address Courtney. Courtney says, I think Shida had every right to voice her displeasure. Bilal presented himself as though he had money and the house clearly didn't reflect who he is also. Well, Courtney, is she marrying him for the money or is she marrying him for him? Should it matter that he presented himself one way because he wore a nice suit and had an LV bag? Should it matter... Or should it be like, hey, I'm marrying my soulmate. And even if I don't have a mansion right now, we could have a mansion in the future together if we build it together. So I don't know if I agree with you that day one that she's coming out swinging, saying that, oh, I don't appreciate this. This is dilapidated. This house is like in the 1900s. Do you have a clean bowl? Do you have enough money for food? Listen, if it was me, I'd just be like, hey, guess what? Don't even bother to unpack. You can go ahead and I will buy your ticket to go back to wherever you came from. Like, let's just be real here, you guys. Like, if you guys are okay with people being like, hey, you represented yourself as rich, so you should be rich. And that's why I want to be with you. That's one thing. But, you know, to from the jump day one, off the plane, be complaining about what you don't got and what you didn't do and all the things. I I just don't agree with it, Courtney. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree. And... I just don't agree. I just don't agree with it. Return to sender. Facts. And Erica, I agree. He's not right either because he shouldn't be playing games, which I said at the top of the show. You're 42 years old. You already proposed to this woman, so if you propose to this person that you said that you wanted to be with for the rest of your life, there should be a, a factor of trust there, a factor of love, there, openness and on, honesty without playing games. So I agree with you, Erica, he's not right either. I'm not saying he's right. I'm not saying she's right. I'm saying this whole thing is ridiculous to me. And it seems super scripted because again, like I said, his two concerns was that she's a gold digger. She's going to be worried about his house and his car. And the first thing's, that she brings up is his house and his car. I just don't appreciate either of them. <sighs> Moving on. She's worried about clean bowls and enough money. Uh, we find out after that that in the house, no one's lived in the house for 15 years. So I was like, um, you held onto this house. Why wouldn't you upkeep it? Why wouldn't you rent it out? Why wouldn't you Airbnb it? Like, I don't understand the whole logic behind that. So again, I'm not on anyone's side. I think that she's in the wrong, but I also think that he's in the wrong. I think the whole situation is ridiculous. And then she's complaining about how he had LV luggage. He dressed nice. She was expecting more. She feels deceived. and you know, I don't know, you guys, I'm just, I'm about building together. And yeah, it's great if someone has it. And if they don't have it, but I love that person, then we can build together what the future that we want. That is just what I think. Hey, auntie, hey, hey, auntie, hey, auntie, I'm having a debate. Everyone thinks I'm wrong about Bilal and Shida. I'm super curious what your thoughts are, auntie. Do you think that she had the right to be upset that he wasn't living, A, he was playing a trick on her, B, he wasn't living in a mansion, but C, that she had the right to complain that she came from Trinidad and wasn't living the Beverly Hills lifestyle because my argument auntie has been, if you love that person, you love them for them and you can build to the future that you want. So if you want a mansion and you and your partner want to make that happen, then you can make it happen because guess what? Not everyone has the luxury of owning a home. Not everyone has the luxury of having a car. Not everyone has the luxury of having lights over their head. And so that's my thing. Auntie doesn't agree with me. Auntie says, Hey, Yes, she had the right to complain. I don't agree. We're gonna have to talk about it. We're definitely gonna have to do our first impression. um collaboration, Auntie. I would love to do that. Let's make that happen. Ah. <laughs> okay. back to they order food he orders food for her and then there was this weird green stuff on the table I wasn't sure if it was decor I wasn't sure I what was on the table it was like a forest on the table but it wasn't really a forest it was like this weird creepy crawly green stuff I didn't notice it before but it really distracted me and I was like what is this on the table they took a few bites Um, and she was like, you know, I really need to talk to you, you know, from my point of view, view, this is a lot to deal with. I feel like I'm living in a two by four. I think that you misrepresented yourself. I think that you're hiding something and, you know, you're not living up to the image you carry. And then I was like, well, again, we all don't agree. Uh, clearly, I'm the minority in what I think is happening, but I'm going to stick to what I think. And I appreciate um, I appreciate all you guys' different opinions because it's, it's, it's showing me that, you know, we all think super differently, but she feels like he's not living up to the image that he was carrying. And I want to, again, challenge you guys. They've known each other for seven days. So what image is that? Anyone can bring their 100% representative in seven days. I can get right now. I can get my best outfits, my best shoes, my best jewelry and bounce and be like, Hey, I'm on vacay for seven, seven days. And that's who I represent. Then I come back home and perhaps I don't have a Mercedes or a BMW, or I don't live in a mansion. Does that, mean that I misrepresented myself, or does that mean that I just took my best stuff on vacay? I don't know. I don't know, you guys. I don't know. I don't know. I'm moving on to Guillermo and Kara. Guillermo's 23, Kara's 29. I honestly did not think that I would appreciate this couple at all. I thought they were going to be the most boring couple of the season. But I think that they might actually be coming out as one of my favorite couples. And the reason why I say that is because, A, she knows the language, he knows her language, They spent a lot of time together. They lived together for like eight months. They both know each other. And so they're coming into this relationship knowing exactly who each other is. And I think that that's an important part of any relationship. (laughs) Auntie says, car is boring. I kind of like them, Auntie. I I think that they actually could be in love and bring an actual relationship to the table. Um, so she gets to the Dominican Republic, which I had a total crazy thought you guys. So wouldn't this have been good? I feel like, I feel like they should put me on the payroll because I would really know how to like make all the smooth transitions. So we watched the family Chantel. Pedro went down to the Dominican Republic. Wouldn't it have been great last season for like the last episode Pedro meets Guillermo because they already knew they casted him. They meet Guillermo, and Pedro like introduces Guillermo to the 90 day franchise and be like, Hey, this is my boy from the Dominican Republic. He's going to be going through the same 90 day process that I went through, and yada, yada, yada. Like, I thought, I think that's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. I think that that way you have the crossover and you can be like, you know looking out for the future, all the things, I think that would have been a great idea. Because I kept thinking Dominican Republic, and I kept thinking Pedro and Chantal. And then I thought a little bit about Molly and Luis, but you know what I mean? Like, make that happen. (sighs) Ooh, C. Cruz said, I don't think they truly love each other. Um, I know he's from Venezuela, but he was living in the Dominican Republic for the last two years with his two brothers. So, you know. Um, So, she flies down to the Dominican Republic to pick him up, and she's talking about, you know, you didn't say you missed my smile. They're kissing and hugging and kissing and hugging. And they're all happy that we see each other. They're having their last dinner um, in the DR. He's planned, like, a special meal for them uh, with some surprises. And the first surprise is Chris, which is Kara's friend. And he's gotten flowers and drinks and all the things. This is why I think, you guys, these two might be successful. Like, he really puts some attention into what he knows she likes. And they used to live together for, like, eight months. So, I'm going to be clear here. I understand that he's from the Venezuela. He's lived in the Dominican Republic for the last two years. I understand like last episode, he left Venezuela because of all the political uprest, but he went to the Dominican Republic to be with his two older brothers. I'm very clear about that. So the last few years he's lived in the Dominican Republic. That's why I said that Pedro could have gone down to the Dominican Republic because Guillermo was already living there. That's my point. So um, <clears throat> he's planned this elaborate dinner. Well, not super elaborate, but like in a dinner where her friend Chris is there, his brother Christopher is there. They're going to have, Drinks and eats and all the things because they're gonna miss him because he's leaving the next day Love the fact that she was fluent in his language. Love the fact that he could speak her language. I think it's a good thing I think it's a good thing. I think it it allows them to Seem like they're a true couple from back in the day when we first started watching 90 day fiance where people were like, oh, I want to be with this person because I love them. That's the vibe I'm getting from them. And again, I could be wrong, but that's the vibe I'm getting from them. So they spend some time like catching up and saying goodbye. And we don't get to see uh, Gamert's older brother, Joaquin, because I guess he's sick, so he couldn't make it. But Christopher talks about how um, his baby brother's leaving, getting married, and he's you know, feeling sentimental because he's like, when am I going to see him again? He's worried that his brother is going to get along with Kara's friends and family because, in his mind, his brother's still a kid, and like, what's going to happen in the U.S. and he's going to be able to to handle the U.S. and all the things. And, and I thought that that was really sweet that he's so concerned about his baby brother. And then um, they talk about. Ah, uh, the age gap. So she's 29, he's 23. We've seen way worse, get, way, way worse age gaps, you guys. Way worse. We've seen way worse. You know what? Is that five years? Um, doesn't seem like a big deal considering some of the 30-year age gaps that we've seen in the 90-day history. But the brother is worried because he thinks it's more common for a female to be with an older man and not a younger man. And so they start making jokes about being like sugar, mo- her being a sugar mama. And then there was a word that I've never heard before. Um, <clears throat> um Sanky Panky. Sanky Panky. Has anyone heard that before? It's was my first time hearing it. I had to write it down because I was like, what is that? So Sanky Sankey Panky is a young brand Latino boy who finds an older white female to date for a green card or for his papers. Who knew? So we know sugar mama. We know sugar baby. We knew sugar daddy. I had never heard of Sankey Panky, but I'm going to, I'm going to have that right back in the back of my mind. Sankey Panky, a young brand Latino boy who finds an older white female to date for the green card or papers. And then guess who I thought of you guys? Guess Guess who is like ding ding ding? That's exactly who that person is. Who do you think? Who do you think if you've been watching this show for from the get-go? Oh look, I disappeared. Who do you think is is like that? Because I knew exactly who I thought. It was like ding ding ding. Luis. Luis is a sanky panky. Yes. First of all, C Cruz, thank you so much for the Super chat, I truly appreciate you supporting this show and me and all the things the melanated way. Uh these shows wouldn't happen without people like you. So I really do appreciate it. Love you, girlie. Um she says I meant to say I think they truly love each other and by the way, I just had my 20 year anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to you. Um, And I saw something else I wanted to. to yeah, Luis and Molly. Facts. Luis is a sanky panky. <laughs> Eric is calling Usman a sanky panky. Last last season, The Young Guy? Who was the young guy in Blonde American? I don't know. I need more information. Oh, the Blonde American. Blonde American last season. Sanky Panky. Young guy in the Blonde American. I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, Ryan and Stephanie? Okay. Mohammed, okay. Uh, sorry, last season the Caribbean. Oh, wait, the blonde. I still don't know. I still don't know. Love in Paradise. Is that what you're talking about? Love in Paradise. That show. Oh. Daniel and Amber, that's who AK is talking about. Daniel and Amber from Love in Paradise. Got it. Vic- okay, y'all, Victor, y'all are making, I get it. Y'all are, you guys, sankey Panky. We've seen a lot of sankey pankies. I had never heard the, the phrase before, but I will not forget it. Having a really bad green screen day today, y'all. All right, so. Um, so they're all making fun of how young he is, 23 years old. The brother's making fun of him and Cara's making fun of him and he doesn't like it. He doesn't, cause she called him a toddler and he got all like pissy about it. Doesn't like to be called a toddler. Doesn't like to be called a little kid. Thinks it's ridiculous and it's totally was pissing him off. He's like, I get my brother teasing me, but it's not okay for my fiance to tease me. He feels like she should respect him and treat him as a man. And I was like, okay, but um, you're still 23. And then he talks about how he gets that she's going to have to support him when he gets to America, but she still, he still wants her respect and to be treated like a man, which I get because that's a big deal in the Latino cl- culture. I totally get it. But I also think that you should be able to take a joke because clearly she loves you and she's just joking with you. And I don't think she means it in a disrespectful way, but maybe... You know, you guys might think differently. Political troll said the North African version of Sanky Panky is business. Oh, I learned something new today. Hmm. Cool. Thanks for the tea. So It's the next day. He's getting his paperwork together. He wants to make sure he has all the things that he needs. And uh, his brother Christopher, his girlfriend, Daniela, are helping to see him off. They're going to go to the airport with them. They're all stressed about, about the expired passport. And I wanted to bring up... Let me see if I can find it real quick. It's a real thing. I researched it, but I also had a viewer... Uh, explain, who is Venezuelan, explain it to me as well. And I thought that was just a very lovely thing for them to spend the time doing. Um, Let me see if I can find it for y'all. Please hold the line. So let me look if I can find it. Oh, snap. Snap. I'm in the wrong section. I'm in the wrong section. I'm in the right section now. Um. Yeah. K14R4 said, as a Venezuelan, it's very frustrating our bizarre country. But yes, Germar's story is legit. I was without won a passport for a couple of years till my UK citizenship got approved. The irony, my British passport arrived during COVID. I'm still waiting for an appointment to renew the Venezuelan one. And then uh, someone else sent me a whole um, list of things. And Venezuela and the UK have a specific deal because of the political uprise strife in that country that yes, you can have, uh, expired passport for, for up to five years and you can travel within the United States with that with no problems. They've, they've worked that situation out amongst the two countries. So um, yeah, it's a thing. So He's getting all his stuff together, worried about his passport. Um, he's also worried about leaving his family because family is really important to him. And he's going to miss his family because all his, family, his brothers are right there in the Dominican Republic. Um, and then they're driving to the airport. He has octopuses in his stomach. He's nervous. And he just is super nervous. They get there. They're all saying their goodbyes. And see you in America. Now they're seated apart. And these are my words. These are not the words of the show, but I am going to say this and you guys can come for me or not come for me, but there is a, a truth to what I'm about to say. So they get on the airplane. They weren't seating together And Becky had a Becky breakdown, and now they were able to be seated, like, at least aisle by aisle. And I I laughed at that because I know that she brought on the tears, and she did the whole thing, and she was able to get what she wanted. They get to America. They got it detained in the U.S. for a couple of hours. Again, it was about the passport and all the things, but everything turned out fine because they're like, oh, you're from Venezuela. Okay, we get it. And then they decided that they're going to hug and kiss. Welcome to America. We're going to party. We're going to have a little drinky, drinky. We're going to do a little drunky, drunky. We're going to meet the family and friends and have a good time. Welcome to America. (sighs) All right, moving on to Eve. Damn, we got a lot of couples. Moving on to Eve, who's 48, and I guess, like, her name is a vet, but I guess she's going by Eve on the show now. She's an acupuncturist slash massage therapist. She's passionate about what she does. She's a single mom. They open up the scene with her doing cupping. Has anyone done cupping before? I've always wanted to try it, but I'm like, too, I don't know. I'm like, should I? Shouldn't I? Shouldn't I? Has anyone tried cupping, and what do you think of it? you guys are so funny so funny in the comments I love it Um, have you tried cupping so anyway she's doing cupping and she's also doing sound healing which again I've not done either wonder how that whole thing works I wonder if it's like Reiki but like with sound Um, Erica says that oh wait where's Erica Erica she doesn't like the bruising. C-Crew says she wants to try it. Oh, Courtney says it works for her. So Courtney, is cupping like it clears out your system? Because that's what I heard. Like it just clears out your system. But Courtney likes it. And Lori said, I've done cupping. My back looked ridiculous. It did relax my back. Interesting. So, yeah, she does cupping, sound healing, all the things, massage, massage therapist, acupuncture, all the things. Uh, then we find out that she has a 12 year old son um, named Theron who has autos- autism, Down syndrome, and stage two kidney disease. And my little poor heart, I was just like, oh, as a single mom, that's a lot. And I just had, I feel like I just have so much more respect for her because even though she said it's demanding, scary, and stressful, um, And that he has to be catheterized every three hours. She tries to keep it positive and she tries to keep it moving. And she didn't care that she had a special needs child. She says it's a gift to be his mother. And I just was like, there are some people that are just great people and meant to be mothers. And and I think that she's one of them because her attitude is amazing. And, you know, it can't be easy. It's not easy just being a parent as it is. So I just have mad respect for her. Anyways, we find out that she still has some type of a relationship with her ex. And they were together for like eight years. They got engaged. But he wasn't emotionally supportive. And especially with having a special needs child, it was a very hard situation. And she just didn't feel he supported her. So she decided that she was not going to get married to him. So they separated. After they separated, she was having a very difficult time. And she just needed to focus on healing. And so that's what she did. And she felt like in all of that time while she was healing, she was feeling content in her life. And then all of a sudden her world changed. Her world changed because Muhammad slid into her DMs and found out that he's from Egypt. She said he was shredded. He's at like a 12 pack, half her age. He saw a bikini. And this is very important. I need you guys to remember this. He saw a bikini picture, which made him DM her because she hashtagged it fit body and, you know, he's into fitness. We don't really hear what he does. All we heard was that he works out six out of the seven days a week. So, like, maybe he's a personal trainer. Maybe he's training to be, like, in a fitness competition. We don't know. We just know that he spends um, all day working out, right? But it's important for you guys to remember that, the reason why they met is because he saw her bikini picture on social media and he slid into her DMs. I really want you to remember that because as I move on, I was like, what in the actual what? So um, she's 48, he's 25. Age doesn't matter to them at all. Uh, they just feel like they have a super spiritual connection they started talking like two days after he slid into her DMs. And after two weeks, they both admitted that they were falling in love with each other. And two months into it, she bought a ticket and decided that she was going to visit him in Egypt. Um, And she says her words, as soon as she saw him, she didn't feel nervous or anything. She felt that it was magical, a perfect fit. And allegedly, They got engaged as soon as she got there. He bought her a red ruby. They had a connection. He said, will you marry me? She said, yes, and the rest is history. Now, I'm actually, I'm not gonna say anything about it. I'm just gonna, I'm just not gonna say anything about it. It's been almost two years now. They haven't seen each other because of the pandemic. He finally got his visa. And he will be arriving in Albuquerque in the next couple of days, right? So I'm really irritated by this green screen situation. Okay. So she's cleaning out her closet because she wants to respect his culture. She feels like she has outfits that are too revealing. And so she wants to not only make room for him, but she wants to respect his culture, which I was like, okay, like I get it, but I'm going to need some consistency on 90 day fiance, because all of the couples are different. Ziad and Rebecca different, uh, Azan and Nicole different, Muhammad and Danielle different, Usman and Kimberly different, Usman and BGL different. Like all the couples are super different. Like just teach us what the rules are. And I know I can do my own research and I have, but y'all are representing the the different religions and what they expect. Totally different. Every couple. And it's very confusing to me. (sighs) So he proposes right away, which is super suspect to me, by the way. I'm just going to tell you right now, super suspect. I think this this is a green card situation, okay? You see this woman in a bikini. You reach out to her knowing that she clearly wears bikini and she's okay with posting that on social media and she looks good and she's almost 50 and you're 25 and all of a sudden she gets there. She barely lands for one day and you're already proposing. Oh, maybe perhaps you want to move to America. Maybe you're a Sanky Panky. A young brown who finds an older white female to date for the green card papers. Ding, 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 ding. Sanky Panky sounds to me. Uh. (laughs) So... Slides in her DMs. Egypt shredded, she says. Half her age, she says. Bikini picture, yada, yada, yada. Um, but they love each other and they have a connection. Finally gets his visa. He's going to be in Albuquerque in two days. And so her friend comes over to like give her moral support, Crystal. And Crystal is a little bit skeptical. She has some concerns. It's a little bit weird for her because guess what? She has a son that's the exact same age as Muhammad, who is quote unquote Eve's fiance. So she has concerns, which she has a right. That's her best friend. Your bestie is marrying someone the same age as your son, who she met for like a couple of weeks and he proposed in the first week. Yeah. I would have some concerns too. Okay. Eve is all upset. She's worried that people are questioning her decisions. It breaks her heart. She starts crying. Um, She just wants everyone to support her because love is love. And she really thinks she's doing the right thing. And then so they go for lunch. She goes for lunch with her besties. They're all yogis. They call each other soul family. They're the squad. And it's Tatiana, Jen, and Rochelle. And they're talking about how in his religion, there's no public displays of affection. Uh, But they're asking her all the sex questions. How long did you, till you had sex? Was he a virgin? Apparently, yes, he was. I don't believe it for one minute, but apparently he was. And they stayed in the same hotel, but different rooms. And she said, you know, they broke the rule because they both felt this is the one. So they had premarital sex. And then she said something that I could not believe for one minute either. She said he rocks in bed. He's a rock star in that department. And I was like, really? On his, If he was really a virgin, would he be a rock star on his first get-go out the gate? I don't know about that, y'all. Rock star. What are you comparing it to? Yeah, he's probably twenty-five with a bunch of vigor and energy. But his first time, y'all. His first time. First time. He's a rock star. Stop it. We're all grown adults here. Let's stop it. Okay. Let's just let's just be real. Let's just be real here. I don't need to get into the the nitty gritty. But let's just be real. The first time he's a rock star if he was indeed really a virgin the first time he was a rock star and he knew what he was doing and hands down um, what did she say? Hands down he's great in that department stop it the virgin is great rock star first time out the gate facts That, that part that part somebody was lying that part that ain't nothing but a lie All right. So <clears throat> she then goes on to say that he works out. Yeah, we know he works out six days a week. He's shredded. We get it. Woo woo. He's 25. He's he's got a good body. But what else does he do, you guys? What else is he bringing to the table? I keep saying that. I need someone to answer these questions because they're real questions. What is he bring to the, the table besides a rock solid body? He doesn't drink. He and In the religion, no substance that alters their mind. And so she's taking all of this in consideration, which I think is a great thing. But I also think that that she shouldn't change who she is because she's a grown-ass woman at 48 years old. Compromise is cool, but don't change who you are. So then she talks about the Islamic faith about the clothes and the pork and how she's making small adjustments. And then she mentions the bikini fight and it perked me up. I was like, the bikini fight, what, what bikini fight? And allegedly he didn't like her bikini. The same picture that made him slide into your DMs was a fight. Oh, hell to the nah, hell to the nah, like, like Whitney Houston used to say. Hell to the na na na. What you're not about to do is turn around and throw to my face what brought you to my face. So you're mad about the bikini picture that actually made you slide into my DMs, the same one that said hashtag fit body, same thing that you're doing, hashtag fit body. You're now going to turn around now that we're in a relationship and say, oh, no, you can't do all that. You can not wear a bikini and you can't throw that bikini up on the social media. First of all, why are you looking at a bikini on social media anyways if it's so against what you were doing, what you're about, why are you searching hashtag fit body? Why are you sliding into someone's DM? No one forced you to slide into her DM at 48 years old. No one forced you to then go ahead and say, Oh, I love you. I love you. Oh my God, I'm falling in love with you after two weeks. No one forced you to say, After one week visiting, Oh, will you marry me with this ruby red rose? Unless you're trying to control her and you're trying to come to America for the green card. Cause none of that makes sense to me. If you're trying to have a full on fight, full on fight about a bikini that you slid into the DMS for, then I'm going to have to go ahead and tell you that. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye for now. Okay. And I'll see you on social media in my bikini. Hashtag fit body. Fuckers. All right. So we find out that they have only spent 22 days in real life and then two years crossed because of the pandemic. Um, and so her friends are like, you know what, there's no harm. And using the full 90 days to get to know this full because sounds to me like he's already trying to control you. Sounds to me like you guys might be polar opposite. Sounds to me like he might not be the right person to be a father figure in your, you know, special needs son's life. Sounds to me like he doesn't have a life experience. Sounds to me like he's in it for the green card. Sounds to me like mm, this might not be a fit. All right, that's it. This season already stresses me out, y'all. Okay, moving on to Jibbery. Now, my I'm gonna just can totally gonna go ahead and put this out there. Like again, I think this whole thing is nonsense. A spoiler alert: if you don't already know this, these fools are already married. I think this is one big commercial. And I've said this about Usman, and you guys know how I feel about Usman. I feel like I don't really. I feel like go on the right appropriate show. I'm all about the come up. I'm all about being creative. I'm all about the singers and the actors and the dancers and, and the florists and small businesses and the entrepreneurs and stuff, but go on the proper show so that I can support this proper show. I'm not watching a show about love and romance and long distance relationship to find out that you're trying to be on America's next top model, or you're trying to be on American idol, or you're trying to be on some home singer, Serbian band. Serbian band, uh, one thousand. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? What I'm not about to do is make this whole season where I have to spend two hours an episode watching you make a commercial because you're trying to fucking tell me that you're some singer, actor, dancer, producer, florist, skater, all the things. like I nah, okay? Nah. And the simple fact that you came straight out the gate, Sunday, season premiere. Monday, you dropped conveniently your new album. Not album, but new music. I was like, see... I'm not feeling this. I'm not watching the show for you to come up because you want to use this show as your platform like Usman to tell everyone that you're an international superstar. Like, I'm not about that life. Are you going to be in it for the relationship or are you not? Because you two are already problematic as it is. And now you're adding to the problems. and I'm not for it. That being said, I think he's super extra. He's doing the most with all the colorful stuff and all the things. I've read up a lot about him. I'm not trying to be a hater, but I'm just saying, I've said this about Darcy and Stacy. I just feel like he might have some personal issues to work through about who he is as a person. And I think that, you know, the simple fact that he said some things, and I'm going to talk about it shortly, but he said some things about who he thinks he is, that just doesn't make sense to me. So what you're not about to do is just because you color your hair and you wear pink and you wear these chocolate sh- shirts and you put on a cowboy hat and you do all the things and you know the the razor red um, sunglasses, you do all the things to distract us, that's not going to distract from who you are as a person, gibberish. And I think that you should spend some time deciding who you are and get comfortable with who you are at 28 years old because all of this, the, the distraction every time, I don't know where I heard this. It's not my saying, but I heard it before. But every time you look at yourself, there you are. Every time you look in the mirror, there you are, period. Get comfortable, get used to who you are. And great. If you're eccentric and you are all these things, then that's fabulous. But if you're running away with who you think you are, that's never going to go anywhere because every every time you look in your face, you're who you are. That being said, he called his friend David, who's his bestie, who he's known again since he said 16, who's a Serbian, Syrian refugee. He dated, Jibri dated David's sister. Uh, they've been in business together. They were business partners. It's his best friend. They formed the black Serbs together. And then the band had to break up because of COVID. And uh, so... Now that COVID is like starting to release itself, you know, they're starting to talk about, you know, perhaps doing shows, whatnot. So David calls him and we find out that David doesn't like Miona, didn't like her attitude, didn't like her first impression, all the things. I'm, I'm distracted by Jibbery's red razor sunglasses, but I'm really trying to pay attention to this conversation David says that the black Serbs Instagram is popping again. This is in the first five seconds of their segment, which makes me go ahead and say, Oh, we're doing a commercial within a reality show. So your friend's gonna conveniently shout out your band and that your IG is popping and everyone wants us to do shows again. And Are you ready to jump back in? Well, yeah, we already know he's ready to jump back in because the next day he released his single. And then he did this, like, thing with a car with graffiti and, like, some weird rat thing on his face. And I don't know what it's about, jumping the rat game or... or, getting out of the rap game or whatever the case may be. But yeah, we know, we know he does music because he's making it very clear to all of us that that's his life and that's why he's on the show is because he wants to promote that he's a rapper. And I said this before when the for- show first started and I was researching all the new cast member and when he had the audacity to put himself, y'all, himself in the same category as Drake and Jay-Z, Drake, 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 stop it. So then they're continuing their conversation and David's like, Hey, yeah, space cash, which is a name drop, obviously brandy name drop of your bandmates um, are ready to get back in the game. Are you? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm ready, but I'm waiting for Myona. She's arriving in two days. He's like, good luck. And then says, you know, we'll see if your love can hold out. I doubt it. And then Jibri gets mad and he's hurt because he doesn't feel like his friend is fully supporting his relationship And David's like, well, you know what? She came off as rude from the jump and I didn't like her vibe. She's super bougie. She thinks she's a gift from heaven that came down to earth. And Gibri starts making excuses for his friend saying, you know, it was the pandemic and they're sad because the band broke up and they were super popular band in Serbia. And she just wants to be with the black guy who started this amazing Black Serb, popular band. Okay. Here's here's what made me mad. Okay, you guys? This is what made me mad. And you guys can look it up for yourself if you don't believe me. But I read the article. And here's, here's the thing. So on the show, on this episode, he said... Uh, when the pandemic started, he decided to go back to Serbia and be with Miona. In an article that he did, and um, you can find it online. I have it. You can find it online. But he did an article with a Serbian media outlet. And he said the reason he left America is because... You know what? You know what? Let me see if I can just find it because it's just... Let me see if I can find it. Um... i can't find it right at this minute but long story short he said he left america after george floyd was killed because he didn't feel safe as in america as a black man and then he said he didn't identify as black and he felt more he felt safer in serbia than in america and he went on to say a bunch of stuff about uh being a black man in america And I I, I wish I could find it for you guys. I should have looked for it because I do have it, but that's the gist. So he said that in a, like, I think it was like 2019, 20. I don't know. He said that a few years ago, but then on the show he's saying that he decided to go back to Serbia to be with, so what was it did you go back to Serbia to be with your wife or did you go to Serbia to get away from America because you said you didn't feel safe in America and you know that the online sleuth and journalists and bloggers are going to find all the stuff that you said in the past and be like Wait, what are you talking about okay what are you talking about and then you don't identify as black well what do you you're not Serbian even though your band's name is black Serb I just i'm confused by him so he said all of that stuff and I and my question was what about george floyd and black lives matter The all the things he said in an interview so what is it that you actually did if you're going to stand up for something and be about something then be about it and stop wishy-washy all the nonsense because the other thing that i didn't appreciate is that in the original um storyline you said that you were performing in Serbia and that Miona was in the audience and that's how you met but this on this episode you quote-unquote met online slid into the dms and commented on her friend's photo so that you could indirectly be trying to get with her so like what is it there's so many different stories you guys have been on tv for five minutes and you have like 10 stories out there, not including, and I'm not even addressing the whole black fishing situation that has been picked up by all the mainstream media. And then you guys want to talk about that. Like I, I'm just trying to understand, because here's the thing you met her, you picked her up in the airport, but you didn't really pick up her at the airport, her coming directly from Serbia because she lives in Palm Springs, allegedly. And y'all are making this whole storyline up. So like, why, why, why you guys know that we're going to find all this stuff out. So I'm having a hard time believing anything that you guys say, because I already know that none of it is true, but here's the thing. It's a reality show and reality shows are scripted. And I get that, but then say it's scripted and give me the opportunity to say, Hey, we're reenacting this situation because I would have more respect for that than for you guys to act like you are really in it to be in it she wants to be you know the next Kim Kardashian and you want to be the next Drake say that and stop playing us and then I would have way more respect for you that being said His friend David says that he feels like Miona is using him. Um, You know, she just wants to get married, wants to come to America for the passport and green card, which, you know, I said last week, she had all this big idea about, hey, listen, if I can't live in Los Angeles, then I don't want to be here. And I was like, well, why are you waiting for a man? And a visa to get here If you're so great and dandy Go ahead and travel yourself You're a grown-up woman, you're 23 years old Go ahead and save up your pennies Get your visa and travel the world yourself Why are you waiting on a man to bring you over On a green card? I don't understand that And if you don't want to appreciate where he lives Then go ahead and do it yourself You want to travel? Go ahead and travel <laughs> Deanna <laughs> My baby daddy. Who that is? My baby daddy. Who that is? My baby daddy. Okay, so. um, David says, you know what? I don't want you to be blind. I want you to look at everything. Look at it in its entirety. And just really make wise decisions. So then Jibri decided that he's going to give her a little bit of the Beverly Hills Hollywood treatment. And... Uh, he bought a red carpet. He's going to roll up the red carpet. And it's Hollywood in South Dakota. He bought her some ca- pink cowboy boots, a hat. And he's just really committed with showing her all the love. He goes down to, like, pick up the packages. And here's the thing, you guys. Dear men who buy suits. I've been I was in retail. Used to have my own company, all the things. When you have, you know, the two strings that are a form of X at the back of your suit where the flap is, that is just strictly for shipping, you're supposed to cut that out. You don't leave that stupid string in the back of your suit when you wear it. It's just for shipping so that the flap doesn't crease over when they're shipping it to you or shipping it to the store. But as soon as you buy it, you just cut that out. Okay. Just heads up, because that string in the back was just ridiculous to me. Anyways, he goes to bend down. Uh, he rips his pants, but he's committed to his outfit because pink is his favorite color. So he's just going to go with it. And you guys know what's going to happen next. So I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready, because you know what's going to happen next. He gets in this car and he's going to pick up his princess. And, oh, you guys, I didn't even mention the part where he went. He's, first of all, he doesn't have his own car. He's using his dad's truck. I didn't even mention the part where he goes to the car wash. And the car wash attendee was gangster because he saw that that fool was on the phone, windows down, all the things. And he let that fool drive through the drive-through without being like, roll up your windows, which I thought was hilarious. That's gangster move. I didn't mention any of that, but I know you guys saw it. I thought it was hilarious. Back to what you guys know is coming. So he's going to go pick up his boo at the airport, rip his pants, gets in the car, and he decides he's going to sing. And we're going to sing. We're going to sing about it i'm gonna pick up my princess i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready we're driving to the airport gotta get away gotta pick up yona take her to the house to stay man i hope she likes it and my mom likes her outfit what is next that was the song those are the words Driving to the airport. Gotta get away. Gotta pick I'm up Myona. Take her to the hospital stay. man I hope she likes it. And my mom likes her outfit. What is next? Dun 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 dun. Dun dun, 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 dun. dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I'm making all that stuff up, but I mean, the words were not made up. Dun, dun, dun. Picking up my princess, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Driving to the airport, gotta get away. Gotta pick up Yona, take her to the house to stay. Man, I hope she likes it, and my mom likes her there. What is next? What is next? What is next? Thanks for using. Thanks for using. They said iconic history making performance. Why, thank you, thank you, thank you. Find me on Spotify, just joking. All right, so (sighs) Jabari is like, you know what? I invest some time, money, I put my band off. Drake, Drake, Drake. Time, money, his band, he's at odds with his family. So he just really hopes it's all worth it. She, he wants to make sure that she gets on the same page as him and that together they're going to have this amazing relationship. Uh, so he gets to the airport, he puts out the red carpet, he's got the American flag, he's got flowers. And I thought, I don't know if you guys saw that, but the guy with the, with the mask, he just walks across the red carpet like he—he's like, "I don't give a shit. This is South Dakota. This is not Beverly Hills. I'm gonna walk where I want to walk." And He walks right past the carpet, and it was hilarious to me. Um, and then there was like again the timeline and the math is not mathing to me personally. So he says it's been three months since, he, since he's seen her. Which, okay, it's been three months because. You decided when the pandemic started that you were allegedly going to go and be with Miona versus what you said to a reporter where you were leaving America because you didn't feel safe there. Either way, it's been three months. However, in that same breath, you said it took a year and a half for her to get her K-1 visa. Long story short, she's arriving. She arrives. They give a big hug, a big kiss. um, And she looked totally different. I mean... I am I mean, I've seen, a little, she looks different in every picture, let's just say that. In every si- single situation, she's like a chameleon, and she looks different all the time. So she looked a little different. They do the cheesy red carpet thing. He does with the finger the camera thing. Let me take some pictures of you. Cheat, 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 cheat. Like this, literally. I was like, don't you have a cell phone? Like, at least capture the moment with your cell phone. Why are we why are we doing the finger thing like how old are you you're you're what 28 she admits that she's wanted to come to the US since she was a kid she expects better standards now that she's moved to America and she literally wants to make sure that once they they get settled that they move to LA so she can have the bougie lifestyle that she wants uh, <clears throat> All right, last and certainly not least in my books, because this is just all very fascinating to me. Sorry about my green screen, you guys. I'll have to fix it. Um, Emily, 29. Emily, 29. She's with her sister, Madeline, getting ready for kobe to arrive sexy lingerie she wants to make sure that they have one night together because that one night is going to be the only night that they're able to have sex because they're moving into the whole family house and apparently kobe and their one and a half year old is going to be sleeping in the same bed as them which i just i don't even i don't i mean i don't know like what let me not even get started. Let me just wrap this up. So, um, she says, you know, they're gonna, she wants to spend one night with him alone because they may not have sex at the parents' house. And, you know, Kobe, she finds out is not interested in sexting. She loves to sext. He doesn't. So it's been two years and she's like ready to get it on and her sister's a little bit skeptical but wants the best for her but a lot has changed in the two years you know she's had a baby and um they haven't seen each other and they didn't know each other long but they've known each other longer than a lot of other people on this season so i'll give them that and so she's gonna go pick him up from the airport but she's gonna leave their son behind and i was wondering what you guys feel about that because I would be like, if I haven't seen my kid and never met my kid, that's the first thing I would want to do. But she had concerns about COVID, which I totally get. And she also wanted to have some alone time with her man, which I totally get. I just, I don't know. It was, uh, eh, I don't know. Parents, you tell me what you guys would do in that situation. I'm curious because I'm not a parent, but I'm just saying like, I would want to see my kid right away. But let me know what you guys would do in that situation. So She's on the way to Kansas City. It's a two and a half hour uh, drive from where she lives. So she's going to spend overnight at the hotel on the way there. And then overnight before she comes back. So she can have some alone time with Kobe. Um, And before that, she's going to get there and have dinner with her bestie, Sean. And Sean, you know, is trying to give her the big ups and trying to support his best friend, but he has some concerns like, he feels like Emily's built Sean up to be this great guy and he sounds great, but you know, they haven't known each other very long. He's like, Oh, you knew each other for like a month. And she's like, well actually it was more like two months. Um, but really at the end of the day, he's like, you guys have to build a whole new relationship because you're a different person than you were two years ago and you haven't seen each other for two years. So there's that part. Um, and then they talk about her sex life and and that there's going to be no sex life um, when they get to the house because Coben sleeps in their bed with them. And then they talk about this whole weird boob-leaking thing that I'm just not even going to get totally into. I will say that it sounded freaky-deaky. Freaky-deaky. Um, so... Sean's just worried. He's worried that it's not going to be what she thinks it is. She thinks that her knight in shining armor is riding in on a a white horse and it's going to save the day. It's going to be the, oh, the husband and father that she, I'm really having technical difficulties today and I'm going to stop fucking around with it. I'm just going to leave it. It's going to be what it is starting now. (laughs) Uh, so he's worried that she's built him up to be something that maybe he's not. And so, you know, time will tell, I suppose. So he's just concerned that she's different, different Emily. Now she used to be miss wild party, Emily. They used to go out and like, see how many numbers they can get. She was like, younger and wilder and all of that stuff. And now she feels like she's, you know, she's a mom. She stays at home. She doesn't party. She doesn't do all the things that she used to do. And she's hoping that Kobe's still going to love her for her. So it's the next day she's uh, pumping her breast milk. She feels nervous because it's been two years. She looks totally different. um, But she wants to feel confident. And I really felt like they should have spent some time on that because you know what? She is a new mom. And new moms... Go through some things, and I think that those are the things that are missed opportunities that you could talk about so that people could relate. However, they didn't, but she's like, you could read through the lines that you know she wanted to feel beautiful and wanted. She talks about her sex drive is not high anymore. Before, she was like seven times in a day, which again, do you have a job? Because, like, how seven times in a day, in one day, do you work? Um, but now she doesn't have a high sex drive, she says, so she just wants it to be a hit it and quit it. Well, if you want it to be a hit it and quit it, why did you rent a whole room out? If it's going to be not like a romantic situation, it's going to be a hit it and quit it. You can hit it and quit it in the car. You could hit it and quit it at your house. If it's going to literally be a hit it and quit it. I don't know. I just thought that sounded stupid. Um, <clears throat> but you know, she wants a night, just the two of them before she brings them home to the family. So they can reconnect. It's been two years. Um, and so she wants to make sure that there's still chemistry she wants to work on the relationship as parents she wants to introduce them to Coben, and she really only had and her family and her friends and they only have 90 days to do that so she wants to make sure that she had that one day where it's just the two of them so they can reconnect and be on the same page which i was like uh he's gonna be jet-lagged and you're not going to accomplish all those things overnight it's not going to happen, but you know, make the effort. I get it. Cool. She's worried that what if the family doesn't like him or if he doesn't like America, then what should she be forced to still marry him for the sake of her kid or not? Because it's not that easy because they're both the parents. And I was like, no, listen here, sissy, you're 29 years old. You should know better that you can co-parent and make, Proper decisions. Just make wise decisions. You know what I mean? Because you guys have an uphill battle. Dopey though. Thank you so much for the super sticker. I appreciate you guys supporting the show. But you can do better. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you live at home. So first of all, you need a job. You need a house. um He's gonna need a job. He's gonna need to get acquainted with this almost two year old kid. So you guys have an uphill battle. And now you guys are all living. What was it? Five adults and one toddler in a house that has one bathroom. You guys have a lot to go through. So anyway, she's nervous, she starts crying. Um, She's at the airport and she's looking for him. And it's been a long time and she can't believe it. And then she sees him, she's like, oh my God. She starts crying again, they start kissing. He's like pacifying her. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to be okay. Kobe 34 from Cameroon. He's happy to see Emily again. They're both very happy. He right away notices that she's changed. She's gained weight, he said. Um, But it doesn't matter, he says, because I just want her. It's not about how she looks, which I was like, whoa. Um, And then she says he looks so good. So good. And he's like, you know what? I feel complete. I can't wait to meet my son, which is literally what what it's about. It's about meeting the son and being complete with your family. And, you know, we'll see what happens with this couple. I have to say, if I had to choose two couples uh, this season, I'm choosing Kobe and Emily, and I'm choosing Guillermo and Kara to make it. That is my prediction. What are your predictions? Let me know in the live chat. Let me know. Uh, If you're watching the replay, I mean, I can spoil it for you and tell you what I do know already, but I don't know if you guys want me to do that since it's only episode two. So I'm just going to go with my predictions. So I'm predicting something from Kara and Guillermo and Emily and Kobe. The rest I'm like, "Mm, we'll see. Uh, I'm going to jump into the live chat, see what you guys are talking about. Sly cat said, uh, he's going to be mad because he wants to see his son face to face. Vanessa says, um, Emily's family already seems against him. Sly cat wants to know, does her sister live there too? Yes. It's the mom, the dad, the sister, Emily, the baby, uh, Corbin. And now there's going to be a sixth person, Kobe. So it's a packed house up in there. Um, Amanda says, Shaida and Bilal staying together. Uh, If you guys don't want to hear this, then, you know, close your ears. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. They get married. They're married. They, um, December, I want to say, I can't remember. I talked about it in News and Gossip, but December 21st. I don't know. Sometime in December, second week of December, they got their marriage license. Third week of December, they got married just before Christmas. So they do make it. Dopey dope. Thank you so much for the super sticker. Um. So does her mom live there too? Yes, y'all. So back to Emily, there's going to be now six adults and one toddler living up in that house. And uh, that's not... That. What else are you guys talking about here? Vanessa says that Emily already knows that Kobe's not that into her. Dasha says, I would bring our son so the father could see him and get some from him once the baby is asleep. That part. that part. All right, guys. uh, I appreciate you guys. Don't forget to hit that thumbs up um, and like, subscribe, all the things. I will see you guys. Not all of you guys. I will see my Patreon subscribers tomorrow. Uh, The rest of you guys, I'll see you soon. And bye for now. What are you saying before I go? You spoil us, Linda. Thank you. Thank you, Mandy. Amanda says, I don't think even Muhammad will marry, but I could be wrong. We haven't seen even, we haven't even seen him yet. Uh, I know a little something about them, Amanda. I know a little something. Just keep your good eye. Keep your good eye on Muhammad. Keep your good eye on Muhammad. That's what I'll tell you. um uh, Slycat says they're making these shows less appealing because people hear from the blogs about current status before season. Two. That's why I always say, if you want me to spoil spoil you, we'll spoil you. But I mean, that's our jobs as bloggers and journals and entertainment reporters and online sleuths. Like, hello. But what I will say, you guys, that I'm super excited about that I don't know if you guys know about, but there's going to be a new spinoff that I I have never been more excited since 90 day started 90 day fiance is going to have a UK version. It's going to be available for everyone globally on discovery plus. And I'm about that life because you can imagine you throw in the accent, you throw in the culture, you throw in just everything about Britain. It's going to be great. And we need something that's totally different and fresh with fresh faces fresh um, atmosphere, all the things that's happening this July, July 24th, I believe. So it's 90 days from today that it's airing. So make sure you have your discovery plus I'm going to definitely cover it because it's all about that. I'm all about that life. I'm all about that life. Um, Oh, hey, Desiree from Canada. Oh, Canada, my home and native land. All right. I'm not keeping you guys one more minute. Bye for now.